G'day, Warpster. G'day, DSO. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, mate. How was your break? Yeah, look, my break was pretty good. Um, had a little bit of feedback about uh, the last episode, about some stuff on my page. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, good uh, or bad? Oh, yeah, some good, some bad. Mm-hmm. Um, had a phone call, remarkably. Um, mm. Somebody uh, wanted to do the chat to me about uh, some of the things that you and I had written. Oh, oh. Um, well, any, anyone we know? Look, um, can't say too much, but uh, uh, maybe the initials of uh, AA? What, Alcoholics Anonymous? There was a complaint the sound engineer and I were getting on the beers in the last episode. Get on the beers. Okay. Um, so, so it wasn't about the battery size? No. AA? Or, no. Or, no, or bra cup. Okay. Um, I didn't know American Airlines would listen to our podcast. No. Right, okay. So you didn't get dragged off, in other words. No. And it wasn't Elco or Aluminium. Okay. Well, what about the Alzheimer's Association? Um, I can't remember. So who was it really? Welcome to episode 34 of the Racing Cast, the living end of Australian racing podcasts. And joining me, as always, is the Podcast DSO. Thanks very much, Warbster. Welcome to the current location of Podcast Central, currently part time housed at the humble DSO cottage, uh, potentially soon to move to the Warbster new, Manor. The new Warbster Manor. Uh, yes, I'm uh, currently getting set up in uh, my new house, which is uh, large, cavernous, and uh, full of good stuff. And uh, so good that you moved to my finally saw the light and moved to my side of town, Warbster. Quite, quite indeed, yes. We, we might actually be able to get together a little bit more often now you're we, not we, four and a half hours the other side of the world. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, what, what, what can I say? My housemate is amazing. Yes, she is. So, uh, 2021, how, how are we in reality? Apart from your uh, phone call missives, uh, how, oh, how's no, it been? Look, in actual fact, got a little bit of news yesterday afternoon that uh, won't be able to wipe the smile off my face that sort of uh, flies in the face of my phone call, but we won't go too deep into that one either, Warbster. Look, um, I should be in Tassie. Yes. Unfortunately, work and real life got in the way, but all of you people out there in podcast listening land are the beneficiaries because we're getting to record rather than uh, me and uh, Mm. potentially Denozo were supposed to be swanning around in the, uh, the fine city of Launceston. And yet somehow I can still see a map of Tassie on your wall. Mrs. DSA needs to take those nudes down, doesn't she? <laughs> wow. <sighs> right, I'm moving right along. Now look, 2021's, uh, it's, uh, it's kicked off. I uh, only had a couple of weeks off uh, in my break at work, which 
meant that three weeks back into the job feels like I didn't have a break at all. But no, look, it's uh, so far so good. And uh, you appear refreshed I've, and happy. And, I've uh, had so much going on with moving, new jobs, new everything. It's just been crazy. Oh, sorry. I thought you were a journalist. I'm not a journalist. Aren't you? No. no. Well, so I have you, a real job. So you and I both have real jobs. Yeah. We just do this shit on our pages for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't think we even make any money off of oh, it, really. So I certainly wouldn't say that we make any money out of this podcast, for those of you that are wondering. Snooping around. Yeah. Talking to people who aren't us. We'll get yeah, into so that just, later. Yeah, we will. We will. If, uh, if you need to contact us, just inbox us off our two Facebook pages. It's really, really clear. You don't have to go talking to people that we know and, you know, aren't snooping around and asking who we are and, you know, digging for dirt. Well, Christ's sake, you're not a tabloid journalist. No. Well, you know, where would we be without Chris Cheney? Indeed. 2021, Warbster. 2021, end of the off-season. The silliest, super silly season known mm. to man. Mm. Super. Oh, that's right. It's super cars related, so we have to say super a lot. It's the super, super... Super, super duper. I call it the super duper... Supercars. Oh. In the biggest surprise, Dave Reynolds. Yes. He moved. Did he? Yeah, he did. He moved team. He moved to um, Kelly Grove Racing. So, yeah, Kelly Grove Racing, that sounds like the name of a cider distillery. That sounds like, thought, it sounds like somewhere you'd go in, in up around Coldstream or somewhere where you'd, you'd uh, on, on a quiet tour of the Yarra Valley where you'd pull in and, uh, and it'd like to be an apple grove and they'd, and they'd sell cider. What, what, what do you mean could be? I've done that before. Uh, I thought Kelly Grove was like a really bad porn name personally, but, you know. I'm super. Thanks for asking. Got me anyway, got, so anyway, got, the Grove. No, no, I'm quite worried about the type of porn that you watch, Warbster. Could you um, just let me know what it is so I can avoid it? Hi, <laughs> Renee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the worst kind. So Kelly Grove Racing. Uh, Kelly Racing has had a bit of a kerfuffle in the off-season, to say the very least. Something's happened between um, Rick and Todd. Rod and Todd. Rod and Todd, something's happened. We don't know what it is yet, but it's very clear to anyone with an ounce of common sense that something's happened there. The Grove family's bought in. Rick's disappeared. Destination We don't know where what he's up to. He's not saying it doesn't really matter. The fact is, as far as Kelly Racing is concerned, he's retired. He's off the scene. Some of the people who talk to me have led me to believe in our conversations that the Groves have bought out Rick's stake. But the press release the other week was that Rick is still a stakeholder slash shareholder in Kelly Grove Racing. I suppose... The truth will come out eventually. In uh, Rick Kelly's place, we have Dave Reynolds, who finally got his legal release from his 10-year contract with Erebus Motorsport. I move for a bad court thingy. Mm. He's taken Penwright with him. He, uh... He's taken Alison McVean with him. We, ha- we do have to talk about sort of the Erebus exodus, because clearly something's gone down there. Clearly something's not right where you've got 
your main driver, can I your just, sponsor. Can I just add a word? A couple of your main technical heads. Implosion. Implosion is a good way of looking at your it. Your crew chief, the lead engineer on both your number one and number two cars. So the 99 car of Anton Di Pasquale, uh, Mirko De Rosa was the race engineer. He's moved over to Cool Drive to engineer the Chinyan. Uh, to Tim Slade, who's now been confirmed at Tim Blanchard Racing, despite Fabian Coulthard kidnapping Tim Blanchard. Yes, perhaps Fabian Coulthard kidnapping Tim Blanchard in the taxi may not have been one of his cleverest career moves. He's ended up at uh, Team Sydney, but we'll go into that later. But back back to Erebus. Implosion. Implosion. Both your drivers are gone. Your crew chief and your two lead engineers are gone. Yeah. So effectively, Barry. Respect your teammates. Not easy to do it, but it's, it's even harder to keep it. So I'm probably the worst loser out of a lot of us. And there's times where I'm sure he's wanted to belt me, and there's times I wanted to belt him. And just do what you need to do. If it's a f up, it's a f up. Look, someone might be here tomorrow if the f runs out. Betty. Betty doesn't have anything to do with the rest of Okay, fair enough. Shannon. Shannon, managing director of the team, oh. and a handful of spanner monkeys. I'm not allowed to use. Don't use. Don't use the word monkey. We've had an issue with that. I can edit that bit out. No, 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 we can use it. It's just a matter of them. Just don't use the word monkey. We no. Remember what happened last time. No. We use that word. So Erebus, look, you'd have to say it's Warbster. not over, but they're not They're not going to go very right. far so, this year. So Warbster, I'll, uh, and, uh, and just uh, back to the uh, the whiteboard of doom. Yes. Uh, so uh, Bush and the Swill have been confirmed as the two drivers at, uh, at Erebus. Yes. Also known as the Fast Kostecki and uh, Will Brown. Warbster, I think one of the reasons behind the implosion at Erebus may have been the Inside Line documentary and so much public airing of Dirty Laundry. Yeah, which is, it, which is the flip side of sort of having the accessibility to the fans. The flip side of that is you have accessibility to the fans yep. and the fans can have, have a far better perception of what's going on than possibly you want them to because it makes it very difficult to put out fires internally when you've got people firing in with opinions from everywhere thinking they know what's going on. Erebus collectively, in my humble opinion, are a team that, and with Betty especially, have never shied away from publicity. Think? But, well, no, I'm guessing now. I think that the Inside Line documentary, whilst it may have sounded like a good idea at the time, mm. the finished product as it was edited up by the producers, and that was Supercars Media, didn't hold them in a positive light. Yeah, it was very warts and all. How, how was that? Was that um, politically no, correct that was enough? politically correct enough, yep. Yeah, I, I also wonder... I can't believe I didn't say what I really thought for a change. Yeah. Penrite... Penrite going with Dave, I mean, it was inevitable. You only had to look at the Bathurst signage on Griffin's Bend, where Dave's face was nearly as big as the Penrite logo on their signage to work out what was going to go on there. And if Dave was going to leave, Penrite was more than likely going to go with them. Would the perceived collateral damage of the Inside Line documentary have influenced Penrite in any way, do you think, Warbster? Because if, if Dave's unhappy, yes, I don't, I can't say it wouldn't have. But I would also say that um, whilst Barry Ryan is very warts and all, um, and you would never ever die wondering where you stood in some industries and in some uh, parts of uh, some parts of the media and some parts of, of general social commentary, it could be suggested that Barry's behaviour isn't necessarily uh, appropriate for a workplace in 2020, 2021. Mm. I'm not going to use the B word because it would be taken out of context and misconstrued and I'm certainly not inferring that at all. Mm. Um, 
but certainly some people would think that. Um, Barry came up with Larry Perkins. So the how to win friends and influence people part of the learning probably wasn't terribly long. Well, yeah, I mean... And, and, <laughs> with and all Larry, respect to LP. Again, yeah, you're right. If, uh, if you ever wanted a reality check, go and have a conversation with Larry. Yeah. It doesn't affect me. I'll press on. I do wonder, though, if part of it is, especially with Dave Reynolds, his feet just got clo- too close to the fire and it ended up burning everybody because you've got the Inside Line documentary. Dave's one of the most visible, if not the most visible drivers in terms of media, especially. You've only got to look at what he's doing with ARG this year as a pit lane reporter to see that. His podcast. His podcast. That we're not allowed to mention because he hasn't given us a shout out in over 18 months now. Yeah. Jeez, Dave, come on. You've got enough camera time. But all of this, I, I don't know if it's built up into... Something Something happened. When they went north, all this stuff that we're hearing about what happened with Darwin, something else has gone on that we don't know about, no, I we, think. No, we do. Oh, well, we do, but we're not going to... I just needed to pull you up there because I was worried that you were going to be a bullshit artist. Don't be I was, I was trying. I was trying to sort of skirt around it. No, no, don't be a bullshit artist. We know exactly what went on. We touched on some of it in the last episode and I've since been told that there's a hell of a lot more mm. and that's all you're going to get. Yeah. And you can message me as much as you like, that's all you're going to get. <laughs> so I suppose the, the non... Sorry, um, you want to try that again without me dropping my pen? Okay. Oh no, we'll just leave it in. <laughs> the, the non-Kelly, Erebus, Penwright, Dave, Swirl. Tim Slade was confirmed at Tim Blanchard Racing, which... Yep, Team Cool Drive. Team Cool Drive, which that's actually looking like a handy little package between... Okay, Slade's not Scott McLaughlin by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a handy steerer. So you've got uh, Brendan Hogan's gone across from Tickford as the team manager, which is good because they're in Tickford gear. Yep. You've got Mirko De Rosa engineering him. Mm, that's a handy little package. I Look, we've, we've, we'll talk about the whiteboard of doom later, but there's eight Mustangs in the field, and he may or may not be the slowest of them. Mm. You, you reckon he's you reckon the driver's the weak link in that package? Right? I do, indeed. I, I reckon that um, to, uh, in the right atmosphere, he might just shine. Could we go down the line of Tim Blanchard Racing becoming sort of like the next version of uh, 23 Red? A satellite of Tickford, but a little engine that could, that makes the main team look pretty ordinary. I think there will be times that Slade will outperform one of the three Tickford drivers. Yep. Um, I don't think it'll be Cameron Waters, but at different points in time, I reckon Slady will make Jack LeBrock and the Dancing Jimmy C uh, look ordinary. Hmm. Having said that, Jack LeBrock and Dancing Jimmy C can make themselves look ordinary on their own. <laughs> quite capable um, of doing Quite capable themselves. of making themselves look ordinary. Uh, and all Slady needs to do is finish above them to make them look ordinary. Bursting into 2020. We need a little bit more than that so far. Yeah. Uh, we need, need, more, need more information to make a de- definite call on that. But I don't think Tim, I don't think Tim Blanchard Racing is going to struggle as much as they have in the past. I suppose the last big news, considering uh, Zane Goddard and Jake Kostecki are staying at MSR, Gary. Mike's nephew, Gary Mike's Jacobson. Mike's nephew, Gary Jacobson. Gazza, and Gazza the bus driver from Shepparton. And the taxi driver, 13 Fabs. 13 Fabs, wow. The, the um, commercial transport express, they're both at uh, Team Sydney. Team Gold Coast. Team Gold Coast. Sorry, Gold Coast. Yes, yes, you're right. Replacing the Centrelink-bound uh, Alex Davo and Crispy Piffer. Yeah, you're all going to be sitting there scratching your head about why we're calling them Team Gold Coast. Well, they're relocating temporarily back to Queensland mm. for the pre-season test. And as long as they think they need to stay there to avoid the 
pox-ridden capital of New South Wales. That, that fucking virus trademark racing insiders. The, the winner is Sydney. Uh, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see where things shake out at, whether they'll go back to the radical shed at Eastern Creek next to the tip where it stinks, mm. or whether they'll be... The Gold Coast. This Team Sydney business, if they weren't throwing money at it, it's a complete waste of time. Fabian's based on the Gold Coast. Johnny Webb's based on the Gold Coast. Techno's based on the Gold Coast. Techno's partners and suppliers in terms of engines and cars are based on the Gold Coast. And Mike's nephew, Gary, drives the family school bus during the week in Shepparton. None of which are anywhere near Sydney. No, which is a good thing because um, you'll catch coronavirus if you hang around Sydney too long. Spoken like a true Melbourneian. Yes, and if anyone from New South Wales is getting offended by this, yes, we had to put up with this shit for how long? And speaking of Team Gold Coast, uh, here's an advert from one of their drivers. We've got Alex Rossi in the sand trap at the final corner. This is highly likely another safety car. Safety car boards and flag safety car boards and flag. Slow down, slow down. Jeffers, Jeffers, Jeffers. Caution, I don't know where the incident is. I don't know where the incident is. Hey. The car off in the gravel at turn 23, safety car standby. Double stack is going to be an issue here for 17 and 12. Safety car board. Anytime, anywhere, 1-3 cats will get you there. Anytime, anywhere, 1-3 cats will get you there. G'day folks, it's me, Fabian Hooktard, in my new 1-3 Fabs Commodore Super Taxi. Today, I'm picking up a fare near the new home of Team Sydney on the Gold Coast. <laughs> G'day Mrs. DSO, what are you doing on the Gold Coast? Hi Fabian, we're having a girls weekend away while they record that stupid podcast. Um, Fabs? I don't think you're going to fit us all in your car. Oh, Mrs. DSU, the Commodore might have two more doors than my old Mustang, but I don't think I can take that many people. Maybe I can help. Oh, g'day, guys. G'day, Fabs. Hey, everyone. Get in. Oh, so what is that thing, bro? Oh, my racing budget doesn't pay for itself, so my side gig is driving buses. And now we're teammates. I followed your example and built this, the 1-3 Gaz Superbus. All the speed of a super ute with all of the size of a minibus. Well that's sick bro, um, how does it handle? Pretty much like an Ultima, oh, actually slightly better. Righto, so is everyone in? Well, I'll tell you what Gaz, I think you found a hole in the market larger than the hole in the Gen 3 costings. Sure did. So anytime, anywhere, 1-3 Gaz will get you there. With more people, bro. And complimentary beef jerky for those local legends. Bye, folks. Did someone say beef jerky? Anywhere, 1-3 Gaz will get you there. Anytime, anywhere, 1-3 Gaz will get you there. Uh, so anyway, yeah, so if Supervisor at work asked me about the podcast, so I played him the uh, Fresh Prince of Banyo. Yeah, what do you think? He thinks we're on drugs. Well, there's no sense in that, because if we were on drugs, it'd make sense. Well, exactly. Plus, I mean, from what I can gather, there aren't that many Mitsubishis in Australian racing these days. <laughs> I think... Is that... that 
<coughs> Welcome back to the um, Racing Cast. This is episode 34. We are sponsored by Race Fuels, and I am in no way impaired. DSO, uh, shall we talk about the uh, Gen 3 tech package that we're all uh, speculating over quite highly? Oh, look, Warbster, I'd love to. I'm a, uh, I'm a big fan of creative accounting. Mm-hmm. And I've done a little bit of research for a change. Right, yes. And uh, look, let's just jump straight into it. Let's just, just, just jump straight into it, I agree. So I'm sure uh, all of you listeners out there in podcast land are waiting with bated breath to hear the next lot of news coming out of Supercars headquarters about uh, Gen 3 and how great it's going to be and what's going to happen how much money it's going to save people, and oh look, there's there's all sorts of um, there's all sorts of great news mm. coming because you know 2022 is the way of the future. Yes, John John Casey, John Casey, Supercar's chief of sales and marketing. So he's been he's been spearheading the Gen Three working group at Supercars. Right, I, I know this because he's quoted a number of times in articles on Speed Cafe. Right. And we know that Speed Cafe are a honest and credible media outlet when it comes to reading a press release and quoting other people's words. Oh, hang on. They're all like that. Mm-hmm. More later. So, Gen 3, everybody. Yes. They're making, Ca- they're making lots of promises here. So, Mr. Ca- can, I, can I read you a quote, Warpster? Yes, you can. Um, yes, you can. I'd love to. I'll just, uh, I'll just bring it up and I'll, I'll read it. Uh, right I'll read it. Read so, it verbatim. I will read it verbatim because mm. I would hate anybody to insinuate that we've made shit up or we've been misquoted. Um, 23rd of the 10th, 2020, Speed Cafe article written by Supercars reporter Simon Chapman. Mm. Mr. Casey says, quote... In terms of the money side of things, we're targeting a 30 to 40% reduction in both acquisition costs of the car, sub $350,000 number for the car, including an engine, and a 30 to 40% reduction in operating costs, unquote, he said. Tell him he's dreaming. Right. So that this, this, this sounds like we're heading towards some maths, which, um, as Kyle Austin has noted in the past, is not our strong suit. No, not your strong suit. Oh, sorry. Right. Okay. So yours should be fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. So how about we break this? $350,000 for a car. Dream it. So how much do they cost now? Right. So we'll, we'll reverse engineer it, Warbster, which right. is what they're probably trying to do with Gen 3. Mm, mm, mm. If, if you end up with an end figure of $350,000... Um, and you're taking a 30% reduction off the current cost of a car, that would put the current cost of a car at $500,000. Really simple maths. If you manage to achieve a 40% reduction, and for argument's sake, that number is 348000 hmm. your starting point would be 580000 Now... I've, I've done a little bit of research. So there's, a race, let, there's a race.news article. Wait on. I'd just like to preface all of this by saying mm-hmm. the Supercars organisation, in our humble opinions, well, no, it's mine because I can't speak for the Warbster, in my humble opinion... And I question the humble as well. ...doesn't necessarily have a strong history <laughs> of accurate figures. I mean, we've only got to look at crowd numbers. So if we're going on Supercars' history... so And remember, too, mm-hmm. that 
car of the future was gonna save everybody money. Yeah. I don't know who you think you're talking to, mate, but you're being very rude, do you understand? Show me some respect, will you? Oh. Very, very rude. Yep. yep. And we know what happened there. But seriously, like, how are you holding for cash? I'm, I'm a bit bloody broke. Listen, mate, what are you talking about? Cash. There's no cash here. Here, there's no cash, all right? Cash, no. Robbo? No cash. Yeah. Warbster, you mentioned a race.news article. By uh, Andrew McLean, their reporter, on the 26th of the 6th, uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. They said that a supercar all-up costs $600,000. And I remind you before you start calling anything on that, that that particular news agency is owned in part by Mr. Ryan, oh, sorry, Dr. Ryan Story. Allegedly. Allegedly. We, we, we have it on good authority, and we'd love somebody to message us and prove us wrong that Race.News is owned by, Pre- predominantly owned by Ryan Story. So we've done some snooping around and asked some questions. What is the actual cost of a supercar? All right, so a couple of people I know who tell me they know, and I know that they know. There's a lot of knowing going on here. Yeah, well, the answer is definitely no. <laughs> there ain't much change out of 650. And this is not the first time you will have heard us say this on a podcast or read it on either of our pages. Going rate, brand new supercar from nothing on the floor except a little bit of dust that the apprentice hasn't swept to a finished car, everything procured brand new, no change over bits, not much change out of 650. Now, I would submit to you that there is a vast chasm between this 30% 30% on top of $350,000, $500,000 figure that we've reverse engineered out of Mr. Casey's statements and six hundred fifty grand. So joining us in the studio, our special guest via our satellite from Monaco 1989, James Hunt. And all I can say to that is bullshit. So anyway... Would you like me to give you the numbers, Warpster? Yes, I would. So if we believe in race.news... A 30% reduction on a $600,000 race car is 420k. So we're 70 off the mark there. If you manage to pull your costs down 40% on a $600,000 race car, you're at 360. So we're getting a bit closer. When we go to the real numbers of 650, so $650,000, 30% off that is 455,000. Mm-hmm. And if you manage in some crazy world to take 40% off, you're still at 390. So we are, no matter how you cut it, we're still a long way away from Mr. Casey saying a sub, and I quote again, sub $350,000 number for the car, including an engine. Tell him he's dreaming. Now I would assume that when you talk about boarding components, like your brakes, your tires, suspension, drivetrain, All of that is going to be a fixed cost. You can't pair too much off of that. What I would suggest is if anybody actually gives a shit about what we're talking about at the moment, go to race.news and search on the page the real cost of a supercar because they do a breakdown of all the components, bodywork, chassis, drivetrain, engine, wheels, tyres, etc, etc. You can be your own judge as to how you think $250,000 of cost is miraculously going to disappear out of something that's going to have the same drivetrain, the same electronics, the same wheels, the same brake package. Not necessarily the same electronics, but similar electronics. We'll get into that in a minute. They're not going to be very much cheaper. 
But the point, well, if they are going to be cheaper, the point is if I can find a reduction of 30 to 40% in a base cost of anything and I'm in business, why the hell am I waiting until Gen 3 to do it? That's the $350,000 question, Warbster. Really? So let's, we want to talk about, while we're talking about numbers, I think it's only reasonable we talk about what teams get back as a return on their rec. Now, it's widely held that teams get approximately $400,000 a year return on their rec. No real surprises with that. It's been a little bit of angst in the paddock in the past month or two with both Matt Stone Racing, as, as we reported on the on the whiteboard of doom and on our pages, that Matt Stone Racing and Tickford were both looking for wrecks. They wanted to run... Matt Stone wanted to run a third car and Tickford wanted to run four, and we know that they're only running three. If you've got 24 cars in the field and everybody gets $400,000, that's a $9,600,000 bucket of money returned to the teams every year, which essentially comes out of the TV dollars. If you were to go to 26 cars, instead of getting 400 grand, they'd get 369,200. Each rec holder would see a reduction of 30,700, roughly. Which is, if you're talking in terms of a series that's making money and is sustainable, 30 grand isn't really gonna bother anybody too much either way. Let's be realistic. The, the person who allegedly was the main opponent, Tickford getting an additional wreck, I mean, his son had spent more, cost him more than $30,000 in damages every round. Yeah, but if you're running on those razor thin margins where 30 grand is a real make or break situation, that's far more indicative of more trouble than you'd want to let on. Even if you were, even if you held three wrecks, that's still 90 grand. Mm. So that's $90,000 in return. And we go back to us talking about reducing a $650,000 car, $300,000. But what everybody forgets is there's going to be 24 active cars plus all the spares out there. So let's be generous and say that there's 16 spares. Mm-hmm. That's not an unreasonable number. There's 40, acu- 40 current spec supercars at the end of 2021. With nowhere to go. Become museum pieces. Mm. No one knows what's happening with Super 2. They're too expensive to run. There was an article, may have been in auto action, I think, Warbster, where uh, the Egglestons were asked, uh, Ben Eggleston was asked about running Super 2 post Gen 3 and said that you know they think it'd be cheaper to run Gen 3 and run the whole series in the main game than run seven rounds, six or seven rounds of Super 2 because that Super 2 cars are just going to be so expensive. So, um, And with, the, does the whole, Super 2 whole, go the same way that um, Kumo series did? The, well, the whole idea, where they've had to combine it all up. Well, the whole idea of the development series as it initially started off as, which then evolved to Super 2, and then the, the Kumo series... Um, Ultimately, it's just a second and third and fourth hand car market. Absolutely. Um, the, the whole idea of the development series was let's start a series with the old cars to let you get some money out of them when you, mm. and you, can, se- you can sell them down and in preparation for the new the, cars. And and that was, all that was back to Project Blueprint yeah. well and truly yeah. before Car of the Future. And if you've all of a sudden got all these cars becoming museum pieces and your main series is so much cheaper that you may as well, why would, what's Super 2 gonna do? What are they, why would they bother? So why They're not would going you, to. So, so Wash, here's the question. How much is your somewhere between 600 and $650,000 current spec touring car going to be worth at the end of the year? I think I can if draw- you can, If you can find a buyer. I think I can draw an analogy here. 
the end of Group C, 1994. And you had a whole field of Group C Commodores, RX-7s, Bluebirds, Falcons, but mainly Commodores. And they were worth nothing. Yep. Because the RX-7 wasn't eligible for Group A. The Falcon wasn't homologated, which is why Dick Johnson had to go to the Fox Body Mustang. Yep. The only people that really won out of that situation was BMW because they just basically took the Group 2 engine out and put a Group A engine in it. Beyond that, everyone else was a complete step change. I'll take and you, it was bloody expensive too. I'll, I'll take you back a, another step in history to when uh, Formula 5000s finished up as a category. Yep. When we went to Atlantic, Pacific, etc., etc. Mondial. Mondial. Some of those cars actually got cut up and the components were used to build sports sedans. Mm. So engine, transaxle combinations, front ends, front uprights, mm. um, you know, with some of the early generation sports sedans. So I, I can't see these cars being cut up. That you know, may, Maybe there are some rich collectors out there who want to buy them, mm. uh, but only the ones that have got some sort of history and provenance. Yeah. The unremarkable ones are going nowhere. You know what I reckon you could do? I reckon you get a bunch of supercar components mm. and then build a shell based around Hyundai XL Oh no, Liam's already done that. Yeah, when you said Hyundai XL, if you, if you if it's going to cost you more than thirty thousand dollars, nobody's interested. <laughs> least, least of all Triple Eight. So, the other thing that SC Supercars wants to do, according to the tech specs in their tender document, which you published part of, they mm. want to go push to pass. Yep. Drive by wire. Yep. They want paddle shift gearboxes, and good lord, didn't the of paddle shift gearboxes send everybody into a tailspin. A flappy paddle gearbox. Everybody lost their minds over that. We all know the um, the podcast vocalist's opinion of bring back H patterns. I'm kind of on the fence with this. What, what What's your take? Do we go to flappy paddles? Do we go to stick with what we've got? Do we go back to H patterns? What's going to actually do the best for the racing? Well, before I give you a, uh, an opinion to that, I'll just, with regard to the tech package, I'll go to a, uh, a message that found its way into my inbox earlier in the month where a person sent me a message saying that drive-by-wire is not all that expensive, but it can be used in nefarious ways. Trash control! Allegedly. <clears throat> Push to pass is functionally impossible to guarantee with the current engine rigs, which is an interesting statement. Um, and presumably with any crate motor, that would be the same. I won't read. I'll paraphrase this next sentence. Um, Typically, the tender processes never really attract serious attention and are only done to keep certain suppliers honest. If it was the construction game, there would have been a royal commission over it. And I'll leave that at that. I'll go back to your earlier question, Warbster. H. Patton, uh, romantically, is wonderful to watch drivers picking gears, except when you're the team owner and they pick the wrong gear and they zinger current $110,000 motor but you know clearly they won't be $110,000 motors next year because there's no way you could build the rest of the car for $240,000. Dream it. You get the bits you just couldn't do anything with them. I don't don't necessarily think that uh, a sequential whether the sequential is on the stick or on panels doesn't really make any difference to me I and there was lots and lots of comments when I ran that story on my page where people saying it you know oh it's great entertainment um if the level of entertainment that the fans are craving is watching somebody change gears and seriously, there is something dreadfully wrong with the series if watching drivers change gears is the highlight of the racing. Perhaps they need to fix the racing and 
we've maybe only, we've maybe. only had we've only had thirty three previous episodes where we've banged on ad infinitum about um, contrived race results because of compulsory pit stops and all the other crap that we've worked on about. I don't have an issue with flappy paddle gearbox. Push to pass is quite simply one of the stupidest things I think I've ever heard of as a suggestion, and I'm ninety nine percent sure it won't happen. But by gee. By releasing that technical document to Speed Cafe and Speed Cafe running it, hasn't it re-engaged the fans? Hasn't it just? Sometimes it's all about fan engagement, whether there's truth in the story or not. Okay. Especially when some of those fans, you know, were crying out for some supercars news when we were being overrun by cricket. Mm. Well, so let's uh, let's round out our discussion about Gen Three. But mm. I think um, got one more little thing to talk about with uh, with Mr. Casey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we need to roll in some expert opinion. Absolutely. So joining us in the studio, a PA person. Do you need help containing your public image disaster? And joining him is Johnny Cochran. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Chewbacca. Chewbacca is a Wookiee from the planet Kishik. Gentlemen, uh, great to have you with us. So just feel free to chime in whenever you feel the need. Mm-hmm. Let's go to uh, speedcafe.com yet again, 12th of December. An article written again by Simon Chapman, their supercars reporter, entitled Reducing Dead Ends, Fundamental to Gen 3 Design. I'm struggling to make sense of it, Walter, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think you might be too. So, apparently among the changes for 2020 is a larger fuel tank, up 19 litres on the current 111 litre capacity to 130 litres. We've already mentioned who Mr Casey is, the Gen 3 working group. Speaking with speedcafe.com, Casey said... The larger fuel tank is one element in the goal of creating a chassis that gives the championship organisers greater choice. Quote, It gives us optionality, so options of longer stints, Casey explained. Mind you, I think we've proved the point this year. I think that you can have pretty exciting sprint races. It's one of these things where if you can, you do. Mr Cochran? That does not make sense! You're right. Quote, If there was a specific reason, it would give us the optionality around being on track longer, but whether or not it would be employed, I can't say. That does not make sense! Damn it! What? He's using the Chewbacca defence! I quote Mr Casey again. From a design perspective, you try and reduce the numbers of built-in dead ends that you design into things. That's one arena. Hybrid ready, accommodating bigger fuel tanks, some of the safety extrication technology, that kind of thing. When you've got the option that you can build them in from scratch, then you do. So, um, Pierre, what does this actually mean? Well, to be honest, mate, I've got no fucking idea. We've got Alex Rossi in the sand trap at the final corner. This is highly likely another safety car. Safety car boards and flag safety car boards and flag. Slow down, slow down. Jeffers, Jeffers, Jeffers. Caution, I don't know where the incident is. I don't know where the incident is. The car off in the gravel at turn 23, safety car standby. Double stack is going to be an issue here for 
At Public Image Limited, we can stand in front of any recording device and pretend we have no idea what we're talking about. Staying on message by delivering as little actual information as possible. That's how the game is played in this tech-savvy, social media, content-driven age. Uh, Pierre? Public Image Limited is already a thing. A band. Johnny Rotten. You chose their music to play in the background? Well, to be honest, mate, I've got no fucking idea. See, it's that easy. To see what we can do for you, contact us today. Use the code word Pierre to receive an extra two people nodding in the background of a doorstop interview absolutely free. Call us on 1-800-FAKE-AD. Call us. Call us now. Welcome back to the Racing Casts. And wow, Wobster, that, uh, that last commercial harks us right back to uh, the tail end of uh, 2019. Back when we had to give Pierre the bad news that he couldn't call his agency Public Image Limited. Yes, indeed. But from that ad blossomed person to person. Yes. Person to person. For all of your PR needs, hit us up on our Facebook pages, www.facebook backslash racing insiders. www.facebook.com backslash the podcast DSO. And we will put you in touch with the wonderful Pierre Person, our in-house executive general manager of sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. Let him craft a bullshit campaign for you. And he'll take $350,000 off the price as well. He'll take $350,000 off you. That's for friggin' certain. <laughs> He's looking to buy a new car at the moment. <laughs> Warbster, we've talked about supercars. I think it's fairly important that we give equal amounts of airtime on the podcast to the alternative, mm-hmm. ARG, the Australian Racing Group, and the, the Shannon's Motorsport Australia Championships. Okay, formerly known as the National. Now known as SMAC or SMAC. So mm. you'd need to be on SMAC if you weren't following them. Indeed. Uh, also known as the GRM Retirement Home, uh, considering some of the drivers that are turning up at the moment. Mm. Considering wow. a few of the, few of the uh, new people that have slotted in. So in TCR this year, uh, we do have to point out Chas Mostert has finally got a Guernsey in an Audi. Why not? Well, well you know, Tony, Tony Bates has uh, given him a fairly decent budget from what I can gather, so... Tony Bates might not be the one with the budget. Ah, Bostick is, though. Mm. Mm. Indeed. Uh, running for uh, MPC, Melbourne Performance Centre. Hi, Lee. And, uh, yeah, Lee and Troy. Uh, no, the other Lee. Well, <laughs> that Lee and, uh, and Lee and Troy. The interesting one with mentioning Bostick, Melbourne Performance Centre, Chaz is co-driving in... Strange GT with Tony Bates. He's running Bostick on his uh, Audi. So, Wolbster, let's have a look at TCR and then we'll have a quick look at S5000. So, this weekend at Simmons Plains, 16 cars, six different makes. Well, that's four more than the uh, current supercar circus. Well, technically it's five because Holden don't exist. Oh, of course. My apologies. That's okay. So, some interesting name there. Brad Shields running an i30N out of uh, New South Wales. Brad, for those of you that don't know, Brad Shields has run all sorts of things out of New South. He's a very, very handy steerer, often seen in the New South Wales Sports Sedan Championship. 
Another young bloke out of New South that I have had a little bit to do with is a guy by the name of Josh Buchan, who is also in an I30N. He's in the championship defending car. He's taken Will Brown's I'm seat. fucking Will Brown's seat hmm. with the Morecams. So Josh is a nice young bloke, quite a handy steerer. Can, and we, can he, we just... I'm, I'm going to address the elephant in the room. You can tell that one of the Rogers family's taken 45% of ARG shares. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of just quote some names at you. Michael Caruso, mm-hmm. Lee Holdsworth, hang on, you, Jason Bargwiner. Is there some sort of inference here that... There is an association between these names and Gary Rogers Motorsport. Uh, James Moffat. Yep. Both Bark One. Like it's like the so it's like what, the GRM Supercars Retirement Village or something. Here, uh, you know. Well, uh, yeah, Dylan O'Keefe. Another one who's yeah, Dylan very, O'Keefe. Yep, uh, so and Ben Bargwana currently works for hmm. GRM. So we're not saying that there's a bit of insider trading going on here, but. There's a bit of insider trading going on here. It's interesting. You've got Jay Hansen driving uh, Alfa Romeo, Giulietta, uh, mm-hmm. and you've also got Zach Suter in a Type R Civic. Both come out of Australian Formula Ford. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Buchan, who I mentioned earlier, has run a fair bit of Formula Ford. Mm-hmm. John, and we want to talk about Formula Ford, but Ben Barguana's come out of Formula Ford. So you've also got Jason Barguana. You've got, so you've got John Martin and Chaz Mostert ex-Formula, National Formula Ford champions. Yep. Aaron Cameron, fairly strong in National Formula Ford as well. Lee Holdsworth, can't remember whether Lee ran or not. That goes far uh, too... He did yes, run a little bit, but he didn't have a budget and went no. to Commodore Cup. Uh, yes, that's right. And his brother is back this weekend. In His brother's running in Trans Ams this weekend in Tassie. Mm, okay. Yeah. Very, very interesting. S5000, Warbster. It's definitely there. I don't think Rubens Barrichello is going to turn up this time. No, but I can tell you right now that Hooley's uh, de facto brother is driving the car that Rubens Barrichello drove. Joey, Joey Mawson. Joey Mawson is back, smuggled back in from overseas, driving a S5000 from BRM, Bronte Rundle Motorsport. Yep. The S5000 field warbster, uh, Tommy Smith, nephew of supercars racer Jack Smith. Uh-huh. Tim Macro, Joey Mawson, Nathan Hearn and James Golding driving the Team Valvoline GRM cars. Mm-hmm. Antonio Astuti. Tom Randall. Tom Randall. Back, he's in the other BRM car. He's teammate to Joey Mawson. Braden Wilmingham's back. Ricky Capo in the Modern Engineering. And Lewis Leeds is in the third GRM car. Total of 11. Interesting field. You've almost got to look at it as this is almost another soft launch for S5000 because they lost last year completely. Like, they had nothing. And I don't think ARG's got the money to throw around on internationals, even if they could get here, to um, bolster the fields up. What I like is that um, there's... I'd need to do a bit of research, but I don't think there are very many of those drivers over the age of 30. Warbster, I think Mm. you've got a lot of young... A lot of young talent, some have driven all sorts of other cars, a lot have had experience in open wheelers. The S5000 will be a really, really interesting race. Not necessarily sure how conducive Simmons Plains is mm. for a big wings and slicks V8 powered car, but let's... Baskerville's going to be interesting then. Uh, Baskerville is demonstration only. Okay, alright. So they're not racing, this is, mm. round, this is round one, but they're only doing demo uh, at Baskerville. I suppose the way I look at it is this, this is not going to be a big name, big deal like it was the first time around. It's almost a soft launch because you cannot get a lot of, a lot of the people with budgets have disappeared, you can't have any of the international drivers come in and have a steer because they're just not 
able to get in. It's yep. just not going to happen. So please give S5000 a chance to grow. Don't judge it based upon a field of ostensibly nobodies. And rounding out the field, you've got uh, a Trans Am series, which is the, the Motorsport Australia version of TA2. Mm-hmm. And you've also got Touring Car Masters. The bearded Benjamin Button would better be in there somewhere. You feel you've got Greg Garwood in a Ford Capri Piranha, Ryan Hansford, Jim Policina, Andrew Fisher in the Jesus Racing XYGTHO, mm-hmm. um, a big hi to the podcast chaplain. Yep. Peter Burnett, Steve Johnson, John Bow, Paul Freestone, Jared McLeod in a VB Commodore, Cameron Tilly in the Pacer, oh, Marcus, Marcus Sakanovic in his XD Falcon. Adam Garwood, Tony Karafalovsky, and Mark King in uh, one of the White Line Racing Chevrolet Camaros. Hmm. Um, He's back from suspension. Back from suspension? Yeah, Mark King. King suspension? Exactly. King Springs. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Let's uh, let's see. It's it's an interesting one. Um, National round opening uh, well and truly before the end of January. You'd want to run it in Tassie where it's not going to be 45 degrees, unlike, you know, Queensland Raceway or Darwin. Yep. Let's see how it goes. And, yep. let's, and let's see how the TV package looks because mm. the TV is being produced now by AVE. It's not being produced by Supercars TV. Yes, that was another changeover that occurred during the break. Um, ARG decided to terminate the relationship with Supercars Media and went back to AVE. Not sure how that's going to reflect upon the package. Obviously, it's not going to be up to supercar standards. We've been through this a few times before. It'll, it'll, but it's going to be a lot more cost-effective reading between the lines. Probably the nicest way to put it. Yes. Having said that, I think with uh, Channel Warbster's involvement and input, I think, and, and interestingly, Anna Stone, daughter of Ross Stone, has been appointed Channel 7 Head of Motorsport. So she is, in her own right, a very experienced and established TV producer. She's been been added to the Channel Warbster uh, roster, so she's Head of Motorsport Production. Mm. And I think that in itself shows that Channel 7 are very, very keen to make this work. And interestingly, we can talk about, you mentioned David Reynolds is on the TV coverage for for ARG, there, you know, Molly Taylor, there's a great raft of other people. Um, I believe that um, Roland Dane's daughter, Jessica, yeah, was just, uh, yeah. drafted at one point. I don't know if that's still the case, but yeah. in COVID. Are you talking about my oddie daughter again? <laughs> G'day, Roland. Happy Hello. New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year, Warbster. I just want to say I'd like to apologise for comments I made that ended up on the cutting room floor about my very attractive daughter, Jessica, and her Instagram account. And for those of you that wanted to know what that gap in the last episode was, it was where they had to cut me out because I said All right, thanks very much. Have a great New Year, Warbster. And after that Trumpian levels of daughter worship, I think it's time for a break. (laughs) What do you do here? Well, no, Warbster, before we go for a break, I was just going to mention that I'm surprised that they're not using Anne Fullwood anchoring the coverage. Is she related to Bryce? Well, she could be Bryce... I I think she might be Bryce Fullwood's auntie. But Mm -hmm. she started at Channel 7, went over to Channel 10 and finished her career at 7, which is a little bit like the Supercast TV coverage. True that. And on that note... (laughs) Yeah, it's time for a break. We've got Alex Rossi in the sand trap at the final corner. This is highly likely another safety car. Safety car boards and flag safety car boards and flag... Slow down, slow down. Jeffers, Jeffers, Jeffers. Caution, I don't know where the incident is. I don't know where the incident is. 
Government car off in the gravel at turn 23, safety car standby. Double stack is going to be an issue here for 17 and 12. Safety car board. Hey mate, it's a supercharged VS Calais. I got it from Minona after Papa died. It's got a 4000 watt subwoofer in the boot mate that pulls 12 second quarters. Insurance? Yeah, with my shit record mate, no one will touch me. Not even Shannon's. Shannon shares your passion. Call Shannon's on 13 46 46. Shannon's, insurance for motoring enthusiasts. Are you looking for race car spares? Come down to the corner of Dandenong Road. We have supercars, formula cars, imports and road cars in pieces and waiting for you. Just come in before the residents kick us out at 6pm. Need a wrecked race car? Go straight on to Dandenong Road. And welcome back to the racing cast where we're not written off as much as uh, Dandenong Road wreckers would have you believe. No. Definitely not. And uh, speaking of things that are a bit written off, let's talk about writing. Let's talk about the media. I know, we've never banged on about that before. The first thing you have to do is negate all the things that people could hurl against you as a form of abuse for, for, for being not intelligent enough to get this, to understand. The media warpster. Well, yes. Let's let's start with uh, Channel Seven. Channel Warpster taking over the supercars coverage, and uh, Mark Larkin being given the arse and then being ungiven the arse. Real live inside. Got the gorilla, 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 gorilla. And then Larko, and then all sorts of comments in various uh, media streams, motorsport media streams about supercars management wanting to dumb down the coverage. Now, what does I that actually, mean? Well, no, just, just pause. I actually started a uh, change.org petition to yeah. have you and I, yeah. if they want to dumb down the coverage, you and I should be joining the commentary team because yep. it wouldn't get much dumber than us. Yep. I've done all the dumb Sadly, None of your bastards signed it. No, only about 16 or 18 people signed it. So you don't want us on supercars, which is perfectly understandable, or you don't want the supercars coverage dumbed down, or... Excellent. So, we ran a going, is it, is it a net positive, is it a net negative? You know what, Rihanna was, she was nothing, but she was perfectly serviceable talking head in pit lane. She wasn't anything special, she wasn't uh, half as annoying as Kate Peck. And I don't know why everybody sort of savaged her the way they did. If you have a listen to Noons' podcast with Rihanna as a guest, she lays it all on the line. And she just seems I, like a nice lady, though. Yeah, yeah. And, but but I, I genuinely I, I took a fair bit from that. And Warbster, I flicked you the link and mm. suggested yeah, you have so a listen. I listened to it as yeah, well. Bit yeah. of a listen to it. Yep. I think um, my view there is that some of that podcast was nice, was a bit cathartic for for Rihanna. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But um, I genuinely feel sorry for her for the for the crap that she's had to endure. And I think that her biggest challenge in media has been uh, her own view of her own performance. 
Yes. And I think that, that she had nothing to worry about. She was she was very good as a host. She didn't ask the inane questions. She was really well respected up and down the paddock. Her relationship with Will didn't bubble to the surface and ruin the coverage. Absolutely or not. Or ruin her sort of... Um, Credibility. Didn't harm her credibility one ounce, I think. Um, and when you consider how badly other people in the past have leveraged their relationships, um, marital or familial, yep. in order to get a gig and keep it type thing, yeah. that's um, to her credit, I think. I mean, again, Rihanna, was she a pivotal part of the coverage that we could do with or, we could do with or without? No, she wasn't pivotal, but she was there. She did her job. She did it well. Good luck in the future. Yep. And I'll also say that along those lines, Greg Murphy is another person that is not pivotal to the coverage mm. as a pit lane reporter. Yes, he added to it, but if we don't have Murph this year, which allegedly we're not because of costs and living in New Zealand and all the other things that sit with it, yep. the, the coverage won't be poorer without Murph because there are lots of other people that can step up and fill that void. Mm. The very opinionated Paula Dude Morris... Still waiting for that shout-out, dude. <laughs> I think Char- Charlie Robinson will be in that positive. No, Charlie Robinson, according to uh, one of the stories I've read that Fogues had written in Auto Action, they're rethinking Charlie because of the negative publicity around getting rid of Rihanna, oh, which is ridiculous which is because I think... Well, and again, I feel a bit sorry for Charlie Robinson. We are on record after the Bathurst 12-hour, a.k.a. the Dubbo Hill Climb last year. We reckon Charlie was absolutely spectacular for Channel 7. Absolutely she is was. a polished media performer. Might as well say, she's Mrs. Liam Tolbert. She knows motorsport because... She doesn't need the money. She well and truly understands motorsport. She asks some excellent questions, wasn't inane, and just comes across as a good polished performer. Not unlike Rihanna. Yes. But different. I do wonder if and, and part, of, part and, of the reason they went to Charlie and went away from Rihanna is because they wanted to have like, a, okay, this is seven now. We want seven people who are associated with seven, not with the supercars and not with Channel 10. And that's where Rihanna fell over because she is associated with the old quote-unquote product. So the bit I don't get, you've led me beautifully to Channel Warpster yet again. <clears throat> You're good at that. Not um, leading you to Channel Warpster. Leading me to Channel Warpster. My network, yeah. Your network. Yeah, yeah. The bit I don't get, what the fuck is all this hate about Mark Beretta? Like, no. apart from the fact that we caught Barrett's pervert on Caitlin's ass at the, at the Dubbo Hill Climb a couple of years ago. And we Hi, made, Kat Lane. Hi, Kat Lane. And we made all sorts of really cool memes back and forward. And if you message me, I might be you know, kind enough to send them to you. But seriously, I don't get this hate towards Mark Beretta. Beretta is, again, a good professional long-term TV host. He's a motorsport nut. But he knows his product. He knows his product. He's good at it. He's a great presenter. I don't I don't get it. Let's get to Larka. Dumping him was a silly idea. I would rather see Mark Scaife's inane fucking comments. I want to talk about dumbing down the commentary. We'll get rid of the old boys club in the commentary yes, box to start thank with. You. Thank Do you. Do not lose the voice of motorsport, Neil Crompton. Neil Crompton is the Australian voice of motorsport, the modern is, day Australian voice of is, motorsport. He is Australian Murray Walker. He is Mike Raymond, Will Hagen and John Smales all rolled into one as the modern day equivalent. Absolutely. And I think if you had someone in the commentary box different to Scaife, you'd see a difference in Crompton, but he mm. would still anchor the coverage perfectly. Crompton's been doing it since God was a boy, or since I was a boy even, or even before that. <laughs> <laughs> all, all hail the great and powerful Warbster. <laughs> Please don't kneel before me. No, we're talking, about Neil, we're talking about Neil Crompton, okay, Neil, not kneel on the floor, okay? Neil on the floor, okay. 
If you if you've just heard a massive cut and wondered why there was a seagull seagull dirty cut in there, um, we said something that may maybe libelous. Moving on, maybe maybe libelous, maybe libelous, maybe libelous. Definitely okay. Back to Neil Crompton. Yeah, Neil's not going anywhere. Doesn't need to. He's perfectly serviceable as it is, and possibly without Scaife doing his hyperbole, Neil can actually get on with commentating the fucking race. Righto. Who would you put in the commentary box with Neil? Lipo. No. Okay. Noonan? No. Well, potentially Noonan, but he's fallen out of favour. Mm-hmm. Crailsy. Richard Crail. Richard Crail in the commentary mm-hmm. box with Crompton yep. would be sensational. Because Crailsy will step in, but he'll only step in when there's something to be said. He's not trying to fill blank space. No. Which is part of what I hate, what I don't like about Scaife is he's always trying to come up with an angle or come up with something or just talk for the sake of talking. But also, I think it's important that if you've got a two-person commentary team, and I think three gets too busy. Correct. A two-person commentary team, one of them needs to be a commentator mm-hmm. and one of them needs to be an ex-racer. Yes. There's not room in the commentary box mm-hmm. for two ex-racers. Irrespective of how good Crompton is, yeah. Crailsey would bring... That commentator aspect. Correct. He'd almost be the straight man. To he'd the... be the straight man. He'd yeah. have a stat here and there. Yeah. He wouldn't overdo it. He's been great in all the support categories yeah. um, across Foxtel. Because who, who was who was probably the best commentator of the pre not the just gone ten era but the ten era before that? Greg Rust. He was and, really good. But again, why this public hate towards Greg Rust mm. and the other bloke that wasn't bad? And I'm gonna raise your eyebrows here Lee Diffie no you're not going to raise my eyebrows on that at all again why the public hate towards Lee Diffie I don't know but I know there was a Speed Cafe article about Lee Diffie not coming back Mm. and I sort of thought well no shit Sherlock Yeah. I mean the guy's on 4 or 5 million a year in the US why the hell is he going to come back here when you're commentating on some of the bigger series Mm. um, you know in America you're not going to come back you're not going to be lured back to supercars not unless you like offer him the series or something in return for his pay packet so the main, the main factor. I mean, so, but, everyone hates Scaife. Let's be honest. So, we're all Warps, but, 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 but then who do we top up the pit lane with? You know, you've got Andy Jones. Meh. Good. No, don't have a problem with Andy Jones. Uh, Except when he gets his facts wrong. Except for when he gets his facts wrong, or his family's involved, then it just becomes a bit obvious that he's a member of the Jones family, if you like. I mean, who would I have? I wouldn't have Andy Jones. Why can't we have Rihanna and Charlie? I know they're both blonde and female, which, you know, having two females in pit lane might be a bit threatening to some people, but why not? How many pit lane reporters do you need? Two, three. Larko? Yep, Charlie. Charlie? Rihanna. Rihanna. And one other. Another ex-racer. Ex-racer? Mm. Straight shooter. Russell? No. Again, Russell's boat sailed. Paul yeah. Morris. Oh, God. Larko and Paul Morris in the lane. <laughs> Rihanna and Charlie. You want to talk about a perfect balance? Yep. There's your perfect balance. Yep. You've got your high levels of professionalism from the two girls. Yep. You've got Larko being the clown that Larko is. Mm. Although, without Scaife there to poke him in the ribs, how much of a clown would Larko be? He'd still be enough of a clown to be interesting. Yep. His tech stuff. He. You want to talk about dumbing supercars down? There is one bloke in Australia that's an expert at dumbing the technical stuff down, and that's Larko. But in a good way. From, from breaking a brand new iPad to dropping a brake disc on his foot, he's absolutely perfect at it. Mm. He's absolutely perfect. And Paul Morris, mm. as a pit lane reporter, would be sensational. If you want to if you want to break it down, if you're saying that Crompton's the Murray Walker, yep. would it then follow the Larko's your Martin Brundle? To where assert- you can just give him a microphone and say, talk about something technical and make it interesting, and he can just do it. Yeah, absolutely. And Larko is the keeper of the flame for the real fans, 
I don't understand why they're going after mass market because that never fucking works. You've only got to look at NASCAR. I don't understand why they're doing it. I don't understand why they're even contemplating it. The other name that I've read that's been thrown into the mix, Orbster, I think Fogues has put it forward, is GT. Mm. So Garth Tander might be your other bloke either in the com box or your other bloke in the lane who then comes up out of the lane to sit because yeah. the thing you've got, Lowndes is still on board. But they're talking about Lowndes as a pit lane reporter, not on the no. desk. No. Well, no. No. Wouldn't do it with Lowndes. You need to get rid of Scaife. Yep. Okay. If you're going to have Tander and Lowndes, yep. because the Triple Eight Love Fest just would be, you know, yeah. completely over uh, top. Out of, and completely let's, out of control. And let's face it, Jess is hardly independent when it comes to talking about Triple Eight either. So Jess, again, Jess Yates. Good experience, journo. Good mm. TV, journo. Yes, originally, journo. originally journo. Good yes. TV, sports TV presenter. A, a really good anchor. Yeah, but isn't able to control the other two idiots mm. because I don't think anybody can. The question is, who owns Supercars Media? Ooh, um, there's been all sorts of conjecture about. I know two people allegedly have a slice that aren't Supercars. Mm. And they may be the two people in the their, commentary box. Their initials may be MS and NC. NC. Mm. So that that bit we've 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 you, read, we've heard. You may know. We you, don't know. And you may never get rid of him if he's got a piece. He's not going to fire himself. No. And it'll take a very brave CEO of supercars to uh, say no. To say no. The mm. bit that I thought was most interesting, Orbs, to that Larko's been boned twice now, mm. both times by you, James Warburton. Or the real you. The other one, the not real. me. He's the, he's the fake Don't, don't come after me. I, didn't, I had nothing to do with it. I don't get that. I genuinely don't get that. For a TV guy, yeah. did Larko run over his foot in the car park one, once upon a yeah, time? Yeah, I don't get There's it. There's got to be something I there. I don't get it. No, I don't, I don't get it, and I mm. genuinely... And I don't know, mm. but for it to be reported numerous times in numerous outlets... And for it to that, be allowed to fester to the point that the product suffers because of it... Well, the product has definitely suffered. I mean, mm. let's face it. We could get rid of you or we could get rid of me out of this podcast and only 50 people would care. Well, no. Only half of 50 people would care because <laughs> theoretically yeah. half like you I'm, and half I'm, like me. I'm knowing, <laughs> knowing who I know was one of the people who would care, you would care. Mm. Mm. Yes. If I disappeared. Yes, I would definitely Because she'd kick your ass. Yes. No, yes. I'd, I, but I would definitely care. But th- yeah. th- th- that's my point. There is no logic. A- and it's interesting that supercars have backflipped and, oh, you know, we're, we're, we're not getting rid of Larco at all. I can tell you right now, I hope Larco's put his hand out for like, you know, 25% whack on top of what his previous pay was because yeah. the court of public opinion that we talk about so often mm. has ruled. Yeah. So look, Great to see Larko's back. Yep. The rest of the team are there. There's only one thing we can do with regards to talking about the rest of the Supercars commentary team. Pierre, can you tell us who the rest of the Supercars commentary team are? Well, to be honest, mate, I've got no fucking idea. And neither do we. So, going on from televisual media to print slash online media. Oh, this is going to hurt. You're allowed to vacate the building at any time if you need to. So I'm okay. I'm okay so far. Okay. You haven't said anything yet. I'm okay. And right. don't, for, don't forget I'm the one that does the editing. Yes, so yes, yes. Be, be okay. careful what you say because you may not end up well, with any of it left. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus on this one because I don't actually blame the people who have said and done what they've said and done. I don't blame them for that because it's a business to them. It's not a business to us. It's just what we do for fun. And there has to be an understanding that we don't do it for a living. And that's possibly where the clashes come in. So that was what we touched on earlier. 
my uh, my snide reference earlier about uh, you know having a real job, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, and not being on the press release email list. So. I think it's fairly... If you you read between the lines well enough, you know exactly what's happened. So, Warbster, I'll say a few things and you tell me whether you think they're going to stay in or not. I was accused, not directly, but indirectly, of breaching embargoes with some of the things that I've been putting out on my Facebook page. My answer to that is, and I continue to say this, to breach an embargo, you first must be on the press release email list, of which I'm not. And you must agree to it. So any of the stories that I've run on my page or the Warbster's run on his page, typically we would get from multiple sources. And in fact, we would actually want them from multiple sources in the majority of cases to make sure that this is actually legit and not somebody just inboxing us a bunch of crap for a laugh. So I had a bloke inbox me at least six or seven weeks before Fabian Coulthard was named at Team Sydney, telling me that Fabian Coulthard was going to Team Sydney and I scoffed at it. I thought there is no way he'd go and drive for them. There is also a case of if you can't find a secondary source for it, then you've got to treat it with a bit of suspicion. So, you know, I've been an official for a long time. Warbster's got ex-schoolmates, his cousin's mate works at a race team, etc., etc. We're heavily involved in the industry, albeit in different ways. We know people. Um, people know we do the podcast. They talk to us. Mm. There, simply, are, there are different places. We, we get our information from different places. Sorry, I talked over you. This, it's not simply a case. This is where I get really, really annoyed with established players who are on these lists who don't, I don't want to say don't rock the boat, but they don't go beyond that scope. And then inbox me or inbox you or contact other people and get angry about the fact that they've missed something. Well, that's your own damn fault. Because you're so scared of annoying those who must be obeyed. All right, so I'll give you don't do the job, do the work anymore. So we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll set up a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, no, I'll, I'll give a real example, then I'll set up another hypothetical. Done. Andrew Van Leeuwen. Correct. Writes for motorsport.com. Yep. And he's obviously mates with Caruso and Reynolds because he does a podcast with them. them. If right. he didn't know what was going on with Reynolds and Kelly's so, the whole time, yeah. I would be friggin' amazed. Well, of course he would have known. But he's not going to break the confidence of his mate, okay? I can tell you right now, there's been news this week about Thomas Randall having undergone chemotherapy and had some surgery before Christmas. I was told by two different sources approximately three to four weeks ago, uh, probably almost three weeks ago for Tom Randall, and a little bit before that about another person in prominent person in Australian motorsport who's also suffering some illness at the moment. And there's no way no one was going to run that. Hmm. Whether it's right, wrong or indifferent, there's stuff that you hear and there's stuff that you're told and you filter it. Now, I've been guilty this year of getting some things wrong. It's okay. It's called an omelette. You break some eggs. And I'll quite happily put my hand up and admit that I'm wrong. You want to talk about, you know, media outlets getting it wrong? The scoop livery is probably the biggest one for the year so far, but we're not, but we're not pointing the finger. Hmm. Media outlets get it wrong. And all of them do. Yeah. But the challenge we have at the moment is that, you, you've touched on it, it appears that they're that reliant on... Drops. Drops, and they're that reliant on the reporting what they're given in media releases. It's almost like they've lost the art of journalism yes, where you indeed. go out and chase stories. Do, do you want me to bang on about this for three quarters of an hour because I can do it? You have This before. is This okay. is what drives me up the friggin' wall, Yep. I, if I beat you to something and I've done the work and I've asked the questions and I've made the phone calls and done all of that, you can't then turn around and say, 
I'm ill-informed. And look, what we probably need to make sure that we get out here is that I am me and the Warbster is the Warbster. I don't have any admin rights on his Racing Insider's Facebook page. And nor vice does, versa. Nor does he have any admin rights on the podcast DSO page. We talked about this a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and we made a deci- conscious decision that we wouldn't allow either of us to have admin rights on the page just for this probably ultimately it's, it's turned out now for this very reason yes exactly that, that we we don't that, that we are separate people we have separate opinions on a lot of things now if you have a look at my inbox the amount of people that start off the first message with hey just want to make sure um you don't tell anyone where you get your info from do you mm. <laughs> and the standard answer is hell no yeah um people offer us stuff all the time and they're yeah. people that we don't know let alone the people that we do know. I mean, the, the, and, and, go and back, I, go and, back to the. And I, and I, I just think, okay. and I know four or five people who are involved in the motorsport media who will contact me via message and say, "What do you know about X, Y, Z?" And then typically, if I know anything, I'll say, "Well, you know, um, you know, this goes with this, and that goes with that, and mm. then we've got a Suzanne commercial." Yeah. But sometimes. They've heard it from a number of sources and want to know what I know. And it, I'll it, do I'll do the same thing with some of them. Uh, it, and then, it almost and sounds all, like you're doing research and, then, and, and then reporting all of, and, and stuff. And then all of a sudden they'll say, oh, shit, I didn't know about that. And there's stuff that's appeared that I reckon I've given the, I've given the lead away and they've run it. But... That's okay. I don't get sooky. I'm not doing this for a living. I'm doing it because I enjoy it. Now, number one, I do have to apologize to uh, one of the journalists that I said disparaging things about. I did call him a word monkey. I probably shouldn't have done that. I have very strong views on what is and isn't journalism, what is or isn't news, and that probably blinded me to the offense that could have been taken. So I'm apologizing for that right now. Thanks. Not you. (laughs) No, but that was the trigger. I know, I know. That's right. But let's let's go back to the other side of this. You're a long-established journalist. And in all three of the cases of the people I'm thinking about, these are long-established journalists. They've been around for 20, 30, 40 years. But Warbster, one of them has been the leader in the clubhouse forever. He was yeah. the king of scoops. Absolutely. And, and I'll ponder this. Did I get the phone call because that media organisation are currently playing the other leading media organisation on a break when it comes to supercars news. They're crucifying the other media organisation about supercars news. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, we're out there, two, doing, no, two, doing our thing. two nobodies hiding yeah. behind, you know, a persona and uh, and being hmm. keyboard warriors and, bang, and banging away madly on social media with... You know, whatever we got, eleven hundred followers on my page, and I don't know, you probably got, you know, two or three thousand followers on your page. We are small fry. We're nobody, and I don't know why people got so upset. What I'm gonna, what I'm gonna finish on, and this will almost certainly be cut. So if you hear a bunch of silence after this, you know why. Here's what I'm just gonna lay it out real damn clear, because I know you're listening. I know what you. I know you're listening. You're looking for me to slip up so you can make another phone call and threaten him some more, even though he had nothing to do with anything I said. I'm going to lay it out real good. Two. If you've got a problem, my inbox is right there. Say it to my face. Don't go bothering my sponsors and don't go bothering my followers. And number three.
I reckon I can keep most of that in. Maybe not the last little bit. Well, on that revelation, Warbster, after we've paused and you've been to the bathroom and had another drink, have you calmed down? Yes, I've calmed down. Thank Christ for that. All right, so, ladies and gentlemen, what you've all been waiting for... The end our, of the podcast. The, that too, and our, <laughs> and our 2021 predictions. Supercars 2021. So we were accused last year of being a bit negative. So uh, <clears throat> we're not going to be, uh, we're going to be negative about supercars. We're going to be positive about the final year of Gen 2 supercars and the $650,000 cars that they're all driving around in. So the $650,000 question is uh, top three in the championship and also who's going to do better in the inter-team battles? Righto. So, uh, you may or may not have already seen a photo of the DSO whiteboard. Mm-hmm. Now locked and loaded, finalised. Warbster, I'll run them down quickly from the top and we'll talk about... We've already done a pick, so we can run through them pretty quickly. The soccer team, Cars 2 and 25, Chaz Most at Bryce Forward. Who's going to win the inter-team battle? Chaz. Obviously, Chaz. No question, Team not, Cool Drive. Not sure what number Cool Drive are running. Haven't updated that yet. So Team Cool Drive... Single car entry only, that's a given. Tim Slade's going to win the inter-team battle. Mm-hmm. He's going to um, play with himself and win. What? Well, he's playing with himself. There's only one. If he hasn't got a teammate, he's playing oh, with okay. himself. Oh, right. yeah. All right. What the hell are you talking car about? Car four, SCT Logistics, Jack Smith. That's another single car team, effectively. Mm-hmm. Jack Smith's playing with himself, so he's mm-hmm. going to beat himself. Yes. <laughs> Tickford, cars... Five, six, and 55. James Courtney, Jack LeBrock, Cam Waters. I think we're all in agreement that Cam Waters is going to be the uh, higher in the championship finish at the end of the year of those most, three. Most consistent, for sure. Yep. Kelly Racing, 7 and 26. Andre, 14K versus Dave, 25K. Now, I'm going to stop here to emphasise. Andre is going to destroy Dave Reynolds. I think Dave Reynolds is over. I think Andre will finish in the top 10 of the championship and Dave will be lucky to finish in the top 15. I think Dave Reynolds' 2017 Bathurst was his high point. After he lost that 2018 Bathurst, a little bit of his confidence, a little bit of his ability just faded a little bit. I've lost my mojo! I said very clearly last year, as soon as he's consistently being beaten by ADP, he's done. And then 19 was the year of the documentary. Yep. uh, Which we've already touched on. 
Yeah, it's it's a case of don't get me wrong, he's still a good driver. I'm not saying he's a tugger by any stretch of the imagination, but in terms of him being a championship contender, no, that's that bird's flown. Righto. So the mayor, emperor, king, and grand supremo of Aubrey, Brad Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad, I think you're talking about Nelson. Brad Jones Racing, uh, no longer Kim and Brad, now Brad on his own. Yep. You've got Nick Perkett and his dog Nelson. You've got Toddy Hazelwood and uh, the crash magnet, Macca Jones. I think we've got an ounce. Yeah. That's That one's pretty obvious. Perkett was amazing last year. I think he's really gone an extra step or two forward in the last 12 months. Yep. Um, and I think Nelson has a lot to do with that. Yeah. In actual fact, I think if you stuck Nelson in the car, he'd be quicker again. So We'd certainly be quicker than Macca. Mm. Wouldn't crash as much. Moving on to Dick Story Racing. Uh, no, you want uh, Pen, or formerly known as Penwright. Oh, my apologies. Yes, is so, this year. Yeah, so, uh, team, team Betty and Baz. Uh, team Betty and Baz. You've got The Swill and Bush. Yep. I think I think The Swill will, will, will outpace them, but you think Bush will. I actually think Brody Kostecki is going to be the dark horse this year. I think he's going to pull a, f- a fair bit out of himself. Um, in terms of on the simulator, he's unbeatable. Did you say Brody Kostecki's going to pull himself? He's going, to, he's going to pull out some good results. He will be the standout. Okay. I don't think Will Brown or Brody Kostecki will finish inside the top 15 of the no. 24 cars. No. They will be, they'll be lucky to have a top 10 finish before half year, and I can't see either of them hitting a podium. That is, I mean, let's be honest, they'll pull something at Bathurst because the, that team's got too much around it to do something. But week on week, that's, on, that's a new team. They're starting from scratch virtually. Depends on who their co-drivers are, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And we've heard rumours that a certain ages veteran may be considering a comeback. Well, it's already... They're talking about back at uh, Kelly Grove Racing with Dave. Yeah. Dick Story Racing. So, two new drivers, Anton Di Pasquale and Will Davo. Yep. Got to say, this is probably the toughest of all of the pairs mm. to pick. Will Davo runs on the board in a Mustang, did really well, was going really well last year till he unfortunately lost his drive. That's well publicised. Anton, really quick um, in a car that was probably... Sub certainly sub part of what he's going into. Anton has, I get a feeling this one's a, this one's literally flip a coin. I still think Will Davo is going to win out overall in terms of. It's a championship finish. In terms of championship finish, Will Davo will, but I think Anton will have the better race on race results. He'll be quick one week. He'll be a bit off the pace in the other. He's still learning. He's still very new to the cars. Remember, and he's coming into a new situation. New, he's got to understand what the fuck Ludo's saying, so it's going to take at least a couple of months. I'm French! Why do you think I have this outrageous accent? I don't want to talk to you no more, you empty-headed animal food trough whopper! I fart in your gender direction! Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries! You know, he's, he's going from Italian to French. It's not that hard. Yeah, true, true. But no, I, Anton, I think this will be a hopefully a building year for him to become a capital C contender next year. Is it realistic to say that both the Dick Story Racing cars will finish within the eight, top eight of the championship? Yes. With those two drivers? Yes. And all the changes? Yes. I think so too. Yes. Yep. You've still got a tailwind of all the Penske money. Like that, that, 
engineering core, that base is not going to disappear overnight. Yes, it will whittle away. It's not. It's not like Roger and uh, Roger took all the setup sheets with him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the other part is look at what happened with Braun GP. Okay, they had no money, mm. but by God, they got out of the blocks well. Yeah, exactly. That takes us to Team Forklift. Team Forklift, Frosty and. Scott Pye. Frosty I think, looked decent towards the end of the Yeah, Frosty looked... They, they, they got a handle on the cars. They got some good engineering. They've got um, uh, they got Krusty Holloway over from Gary Rogers Motorsport mm-hmm. uh, adding to their engineering team. I think... That's a good pickup. That's too. an excellent pickup. I think I think he'll just he'll just complement uh, the team that had, had come on strong through last year. I think Scott Pye, you know, if, if I was Lachlan Mansell, G'day Lockie, there's your shout out. Was Lachlan Mansell, I'd actually sit down and go through all the lap charts of all the races of last year mm. and have a definitive stat, but I'm I'm not. I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm yeah. slack. Yeah. Uh, I think Scott Pye probably... We're not paid to do this. So. I think Scott Pye probably passed more cars than anybody else in races through the entire year last year, mm. which means that he qualifies shit. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. Oh, well, you yeah. know, let's be, yeah. let's let's be realistic. Let's be blunt about it. Yeah, okay. Yep. So I think um, if Scott Pye could qualify better... Mm. And I think self-admission, he said he doesn't qualify well. I think if he could qualify better, uh, that would be really interesting to see. Mm. I think Frosty will finish higher in the championship than the two of them. Yep. Um, but it's interesting to see. Yeah. I think yeah, Frosty, I think, is going to be it. If, if Scott Pye gets out of the gates really well, like he did um, during his last year at um, Walkinshaw, mm-hmm. and he gets out of the gates and he's got the confidence and it starts flowing, he yep. will be unstoppable to a certain degree. Yeah. Well, um, they're not, but they're not starting the year in Adelaide, so a, you know, he a, can't he can't have that Walkinshaw Adelaide confidence. He's a he's a, he's a confidence player. If he's got the confidence, then yes, he will beat Frosty. But more than likely, Frosty's next champion. He's an old hand. He knows what he's doing. So the next team, the the winner is Sydney. No, uh, Juan Antonio. It's team to the Gold Coast. So between Juan Antonio Samaranch and Prince Charles, I'm not quite sure where who they are or where they are. Team whatever, but, team whatever the fuck they're calling Techno the now. Artist formerly known as Techno. This was an interesting one. We'll start. We've mm. got Mike's nephew Gary. So Gary Jacobson, uh, the Shepherd and Bus Driver. Yep. And our old mate, star of our commercials, One Three Fabs. Yep. The taxi driver. You reckon it's it's it's, it's Team Mass Transit? Yes. Buses and taxis. Oh, sensational. We're gonna. We're working on that one. There's, a, there's an ad for us. I might even squeeze it together for this episode. Yeah, I would call it the mass transit incident, but that's actually something else that wrestling fans will get. <sighs> you had to get a wrestling reference in, didn't you? Yeah, that's, that's all good. Yeah. Yeah. So you reckon Fabs will finish higher up the championship in the championship tally? Yeah. I actually think Gary Jacobson will. Mm. So there's some logic around that. Okay. He's used Fab- to driving shitbox. He's used to driving. He had a year at Matt Stone driving <laughs> driving old spec X Roland cars, which he's moving straight into at uh, Team Mass Transit. Fabs has had three or four years of driving the absolute best that you could possibly be given. Um, <laughs> like, sort of, <clears throat> not, not quite sorry, the best sorry, of the best. Sorry, sorry, no, no, well, <laughs> the cars were the best, but Fabs was the second best <laughs> of what you could be given. Fairly well documented. I think he will struggle to drive around the inadequacies of the car. It will challenge him in the first part of the year. Yeah. He'll probably come home strong. I think uh, I think Gary's a bit more versatile. Let's face it, Gary's had a year of driving 
the shitter, the shitterest of the shittest Nissans. Sorry, yeah. no, the third shittest Nissan because Simona got the worst. So he had the third shittest Nissan, and then he was driving at Matt Stone last year. And no slight at all on Matt, but the they money's were, not there. They didn't have the latest and greatest bits from Roland. Hmm. So uh, yeah, yeah. I do wonder, Fabs. I think if Fabs gets out again, if Fabs gets out of the gates and is half decent, Nick and he, he's motivated. Mm-hmm. He could pull again some surprises. If he gets out of the gate and the thing's a box, it could, he's at the point now where he's in his what late thirties, nearly forty years old. He could just go, I don't effing need this anymore, go through the motions and then hang it up at the end of the year and go get a decent co-drive. What, a bit like James Courtney did at Team Mass Transit? Team Mass Transit, yeah. MSR. Zane Goddard and Jake Kostecki in 34 and 35. I picked Zane just because he was first. and I tossed a coin and it I came up Zane. literally don't care. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, this isn't Erebus. You're not allowed to say who cares on social media. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, Finally, um, do you want to do the intro for this one, Roland? Well, thank you very much for uh, inviting me back to the microphone, Warpster. It's uh, it's fairly appropriate that you've left the fucking championship winning car till the end. And I'd like to say that my boy... Shane Van Gisbergen's gonna fucking smash everybody else. He's gonna win a fucking championship and you're gonna make J-Dub look like a fucking sim racer all year this year. Thanks very much, Warpster. No worries. So yes, yeah, Honest Rollins, House of Fun, um, J-Dub, SVG. Look, they're both capable of winning a championship. J-Dub's at the tail end, but... He's the GOAT. If you get another one, confidence player, if he gets a car underneath him, puts a few races together, he could seriously give it a shake-up, but... Week on week, SVG's proven again and again and again, giving something that's sort of 60% and he can get it the rest of the way. All of this being said, top three in the championship, third, second, and first DSO. Is this heart or head? Do one, do both. All right. Heart says Anton De Pasquale for three, yep. Chaz Mostert for two, and Will Davison for one. That's what my heart, that's what my heart that's says. Heart that's what I'd love. Yep. My head's telling me that. No, I'll go one, two, three. My head's telling me Shane Van Gisbergen's going to win. Yep. My head's telling me that Cam Waters will probably come second again. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cam's probably a heart pick too. I haven't, I haven't got anything against Cam. I think mm. he's uh, he's probably the absolute best of the rest yep. out there. I can actually remember his name these days, which yeah. shows you a That's lot. great. Yep. I, think, I think third will be between Jamie Wincup and maybe Will Davison. All right. So here comes my kiss of death. No, no real surprises in any of that. No, in terms not at all. But, but you have to look at form yep. and you have to look at the teams with the, with the setup sheets. Top you want to go Hart? I'm going to go, well, Hart, first of all, is obviously going to be um, Anton, Anton, and Anton with a, with, a, with a slow dose of Anton. In all seriousness, yeah, Anton, I'd love for him to win the championship. I'd love for Will Davison to win the championship because I think he's well and truly overdue. Chaz Moster, that's the only real thing missing from his CV as well. He's made strides forward. I've got a lot of respect for Chazzy over the past couple of years. I think... After leaving Tickford, he's really come out of the bubble, so to speak. And he's getting a lot better with public speaking. So, yeah, Chaz Moster is another one that I think I would really did, like to win did, the championship. Did you listen to the podcast that we don't mention anymore where Chaz was, was on the podcast? Yes. Wasn't it a great episode? It was indeed. He's, he's, a, he's a nice bloke from all accounts. He's just not really a public person, which is fair enough. Well, I've just, I've just had a, a mate of mine text message me. Mm-hmm. Penwright Racing has finally changed its name to Erebus Motorsport after 10 days. So um, mm. a bit like um, when you uh, 
tell everyone that you're in a relationship, it's Facebook official. <laughs> <laughs> as far as realistically the top three, Will Davo will win the Battle of DJR, so I'm going to put him third. I'm going to say Kmore is second and SVG first. I know that's not exactly pioneering territory. If you were to reverse Kmore's and SVG, I wouldn't be surprised, but that's about the extent of it. So with all of that, so so all to that just about rounds out episode thirty-four. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that um, podcast vocalist, podcast vocalist's been you, you and the podcast vocalist have uh, have co-written another parody. I believe for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyone to think we're close? Just tell everyone. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're at the back end of uh, an episode yet again. Warbster, uh, we've already done the pages. I don't think we've got any more plugs to do. Um, mm-hmm. the, only, to. the only thing I can say about this whole episode is... That does not make sense. To round us out this episode, we've got a tribute to the main thing that keeps all of this whole circus rolling. This song is a dedication to everybody that's... Started a change.org petition to keep Larco on the Supercars commentary team. <laughs> that does not make sense. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Oh